Hello and welcome everyone to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by my good friends and GVG co-founders, Steve Bowling and Ash Polson. How are you guys doing today? It's a um, Monday. It's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I apologize. I'm all messy. Um, I was telling Derek this before the show started, but... Square sent me a copy of Final Fantasy XIV. So, uh, and Ash. Yeah, we, we all have Both Final Fantasy XIV yeah. now, courtesy of our friends at Square Enix. Thank you, guys. Um, Thank you. And I just lost track of time. I was designing my character, having a real good time, and then... I'm like, he's already addicted. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> two, two minutes to showtime, so um, I, will, I will be hopping right off of this and back into final fantasy 14 when well we're technically no that's, not, that's the no, that's, that's the shame about this is that by the time we finish this at least if we include the post show that we typically do uh the servers go down at uh nine uh nine o'clock my time six o'clock uh, you guys' time so uh, pacific um because uh you know they're preparing for the 5.5 content so it's going to go down right. until about uh, 3 a.m your time so and I actually have up. mine downloading right now, and I might have to duck out of the post show just so I can complete the sign up process before that cutoff time. We'll see. I mean, you should we'll still be goes. fine for the morning for the morning and getting it all done then. But you think uh, so? yeah, I, I think. I mean, why? Why would you be restricted? <laughs> That's yeah. just my question. The, the yeah. key for those of you wondering about the timing is that we have uh, the PS5 beta coming tomorrow, so we'd all like mm-hmm. to check that out and do something on the channel for it. Um, We'll keep you updated. I mean, at minimum, Derek's definitely going to get it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, I don't actually own the PS5 version. I play off PC. So what we might do is have Amy show off the PS5 version because that's what she's done. And the funny thing is, she's the farthest out of all of us. It's like she's into Heaven's Ward content. So I might just equip, like, recruit Amy and be like, okay, record a video. What what changes do you notice? Uh, How does it load? How are you feeling about it? How does it look? That sort of thing, and just have it recorded and make that a video, um, right? So they go. And a couple of you might be wondering what happened to our Resident Evil Reverse stream. What happened was that it was down, and then when it was up, <laughs> Every... we checked it, and it was already over. <laughs> like, I know. Every time yeah. we went to be able to take a look, it was down. I didn't get the chance to play it at all. Same. Yeah, I, I will say this because I I did play it, but it was you know I I had downloaded it, I set it up, I tried multiple times to get in, and it was always down. I had one like. 20 minute window where it was working and so i played two or three matches um and it's definitely interesting but i'm I'm not sure you know who it's for um i i played as leon kennedy each character has like different uh moves and skills the only thing i will say is that i really like that when you die you become a bio monster and the Mm. monster you turn into depends on how many of vials of the virus. They don't tell you if it's the G or the T or which variant of the virus. They just say you got a virus capsule. And if you collect more, you become a more powerful uh, bio monster. So you can become Nemesis. You can become Mr. X. Oh. Or you can become like one of the random like chainsaw guys from RE4. <laughs> which, I mean, <laughs> nice. those seem a little more out of place because you turn into somebody who looks objectively human. <laughs> um, but right, it, it, was, right. it was cool. It just wasn't... Uh, I don't know that it would be my my game of choice to pick up for a good multiplayer session, but it was interesting. I'm going to take another look at it when it comes out of beta, but obviously they probably need another round of beta because this one didn't go very well. Yeah, it didn't seem like it went very well, considering we weren't able to stream it at all. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. 
We they'll, they'll you know? probably announce another round during the showcase oh, this yeah, week, I'm which sure. we will be streaming, by the way. We, we will yeah, be streaming. Yeah, when, when is that? I actually completely forgot about that uh, whole thing. It's Thursday, I believe, at 3 p.m. Pacific. Okay. Yep. If I remember correctly, yes. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun stuff coming up. But I should also mention, before we get uh, too far into this, because I already kind of forgot, got me all excited about you guys playing 14. Um, this episode is brought to you by the wonderful Game Orb. The Game Orb is a fledgling channel focused mostly on Nintendo content, and it's currently running Let's Plays of Super Mario All 3D All-Stars, Splatoon 2, Smash Ultimate, Super Mario, well, not at 35 anymore, unless you want to watch their old content, showing what it was <laughs> like in the before times before Mario was, you know, when Mario was alive and Pac-Man had not yet supplanted him. Either way, <laughs> there's a lot more as well to check out at the Game Orb. So be sure to subscribe to the Game Orb at the link in the description. And of course, you also, they also want to promote their friend's YouTube channel, Galactic Reaper, which we'll have links to in the description. Now, last time we actually managed to get them to 200 subs. Let's see where we're at now. 209. We, not yep. too shabby. Yeah. Not too shabby. So Let's, we're working towards 250 now. We got that new goal there. And uh, I like I like seeing this progress. I, I really like seeing this progress. Even Galactic Reaper is crawling towards uh, 50. So I and like they actually it. did just upload still new Mario 35 content five days ago. So they've wow. got, I guess, some stuff they recorded and are holding back. So that is still <laughs> accurate. We don't have updated copy from them, but that is still accurate. They got new Mario 35 uh, content on the channel, as well as the latest part of their Unbox Newbies Adventure playthrough. Uh, and also a new Breath of the Wild video. So go nice. ahead and check that out, please. And Very active channel. Morb and Galactic Reaper, yeah. Yeah, they're they're great folks, you know, just, I mean, f- thank you so much for supporting us, really. It mm. means the world to us. Um, I also want to say uh, welcome to Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, who I believe I saw join <laughs> the Patreon just a couple days ago. So welcome to uh, welcome. TNT Live. We're glad to have you here. I love that name. <laughs> That's a great name. Thank you so much for your support, uh, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy. I love it. And uh, I, you have to say the whole thing every time, obviously. But no, thank mm-hmm. you so much for your support. It means the world to us. And that, of course, also extends to the Game Orb for their incredibly generous sponsorship. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing go, – going back to 14 real quick because you guys got me all excited <laughs> – uh, I'm, I'm so curious what kind of characters you guys are going to be creating and what class first classes you're going to be choosing. Um, cause I know Steve has already decided on all ah, right. He's going dra- He's going dragon boy and we'll see what, <laughs> Man, uh, I have no idea what I'm going to, I hate character creators cause I take way too much time sliding this into it. It's going to be a while, but I got to so figure something out. I will give you this. Um, I think that they have a wonderfully streamlined, character creation process like you you okay it's not as as granular as some other games but i think that that's okay because like you ash i kind of i tend to waffle once i have all these like sliders and and buttons (laughs) yeah oh yeah if it was like manually just how big your nose is or how where your eyebrows are at that'd be awful i was just like (laughs) too much but no it's more like here's some presets they do a great job uh letting you mix and match preset options so like I, I, that's cool. It it took me maybe twenty five minutes to get through the character creator, but that's because I was being very picky and like fiddling with colors and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. going back colors is where you'll get your most, uh, yeah, you know, 
my my history with character creators is I think the last time I used one was the, the Mass Effect series, and I played as default male shepherd. That was my history with a character creator. I tried to make a cool looking shepherd before like before settling on the default male shepherd, but I was like, nothing I can make looks anywhere near as cool or even anywhere as not unattractive <laughs> as just the default male shepherd. So let's just go with that. I mean, you. I think it's almost impossible to make an unattractive Final Fantasy fourteen character. So okay, cool. I, I think cool. you're set there. Really, you know, the first thing you got to decide on is: do you want a human, an elf, uh, a Lalafell, which you know, tiny little guy, uh, right? Tall guys with the uh, Rogadin, uh, with you. You want the, the you want to be a cat boy, and then you got the expansions. And thanks to Square, you have, already have access to the expansions. So you have got the dragons and. <laughs> <laughs> you got see uh, i'm already more, paralyzed too more much. beast Catman. you can be a vera from final fantasy 12 although that's oh, female man. only <laughs> right right uh see i'm already got the the paralysis of analysis as they say it's too uh-huh. many too many choices already I, i'm probably i don't want to get too many hopes up i'll probably go for something fairly basic dps based something that people aren't going to have to rely too much on me to <laughs> to carry anybody or, or anything like that so yeah yeah, Eddie yeah. Beals in the chat says even in uh, even the elderly characters in Final Fantasy fourteen are a bunch of snacks. Which <laughs> are a bunch of I snacks. I don't nice. know how to feel about that. I mean, they're not entirely wrong. <laughs> you do you, Eddie Beal. You do you. Well, I mean, if, if if I have to, you know, design a character who's going to look like a snack, that's just life imitating art or art imitating life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. It'll be fun to see what classes and stuff you guys choose. But it'll be a while till we can really play together because you're not going to have, like, um, you know, uh, cool, you know, you're not going to have duties or stuff like that. I can, you know, give you stuff. I can, like, craft some things for you depending on your class. Maybe Amy's probably better for that. But, you Mm -hmm. know, we'll see how it goes. Either way, though, that's 14. That's getting updated tonight. PS5 beta is coming up uh, tomorrow. Uh, All kinds of fun stuff but let's go ahead and jump into our news topics and jump off right off the bat on one that uh we just didn't get a chance to talk about last time because we went really late <laughs> nice here we go all right first up uh this is from the ninth the yeti has announced stop aapi hate mystery item collection basically just a set of mystery items that uh you can uh pick up and will um equally donate between a AAL Def, uh, Stop AAPI Hate, and Asian Pacific Front uh, Fund. Um, basically all stuff to uh, support, you know, this whole stupid rise of anti-Asian sentiment, which is really freaking dumb. So, <laughs> hey. To put it like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah. yeah, you can, you know, get a cool shirt, support all this stuff, because 100% of the sales go to that, um, to the three different organizations. By the way, uh, it's AAPI is Asian American Legal Defense and Education Fund. Um, actually, that's the other one, but either way. <laughs> so yeah, so the three organizations are the Asian American Legal Defense and Education Fund, Stop AAPI 8, and Asian Pacific Fund. So right. nice. all, the, all the proceeds are going to those three organizations to help, you know, stem the tide of, of course, anti-Asian hate that is unforgivably, well, it shouldn't be any of it at all, ever, but risen unforgivably in in the wake of COVID. So anything you could do to support what a, such a great cause, we highly recommend you do. And you get a great t-shirt out of it. So mm-hmm. I was going to say, there uh, you go. the Yeti makes awesome shirts. Yeah, I, they I do. love oh, yeah. their products. I have, I have um, 
a Super Famicom style Dreamcast shirt that they made. Like it's it's the nice. Dreamcast, but it's that uh, Japanese Super Famicom like colorful line art. One of my favorite shirts I own. Oddly enough, I I well no, not oddly enough. I haven't worn it on TNT because I am just too damn fat now to fit into it. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm once once my once I shed some pounds, I will wear that shirt on the show. You don't want to see it today; it would scar you forever. <laughs> but please support a great cause and get a great shirt. It's it's a honestly it's a win win. Um, I I can't think of a shirt in their lineup that I wouldn't wear. Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeti's great. And on that note, this doesn't have to do with what Yeti's doing. But if any of you live in areas that have local businesses owned by you know like local Asian-owned businesses, support them as much as you can. You know, just go out of your way to support people who are you know suffering under these grave injustices that are being committed because of this damn pandemic. And I mean, so anything you can do, even Asian just markets were like the business. best place to get food uh, for yeah. when the pandemic first started, just because yep. regular stores were taken up so much so it's like oh hey asian markets those are an option and nobody seems to realize this so right. oh yeah i went so, to yeah. i went to a uh korean supermarket that's right near my house uh called h mart it's a big chain I believe. oh yeah and mm-hmm. man they are the best like they have h mart's great all, all the stuff you'd expect at like a a western owned supermarket uh plus like bulgogi uh sauces like pre-cut meat they usually have like a cafe inside with awesome coffee and bread like i love korean supermarkets i could live in one uh (laughs) they're great aren't they yeah 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 Uh, i'm not sure if there's any around us but yeah i think the check it out i I think it's like uh i don't know i think it's the closer you are i don't know how it exists here honestly like arizona is a shithole but Um, I, w- I would say like the closer you are to like a major metropolitan area, the better chances you have of finding uh, shops like that. But, you know, right. I mean, look around. You'd be surprised, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, the co- the coastal cities have a monopoly on Asian people living there. Asian people live everywhere. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, <laughs> if, if even if you don't think there's one, because I honestly didn't think there was one near me, it wouldn't hurt to check. Do it. Yeah, do a Google. Yeah. yeah. Check it out on Google. Exactly. And, uh, you know. Don't don't be a don't be a dick. <laughs> you know, you know, that's really all it comes down to. Jacob U says the hoops you have to jump through to justify hate like this is absurd. Like seriously, COVID has nothing to do with them. Obviously, that's true, and I would just I would simplify that to the hoops you have to jump through to justify hate. Period mm-hmm. is absurd. There's never any justification for. I hate. mean, and, these yeah. there these are the people who got freaked out and decided not to get Corona bit beer. <laughs> Jesus, I remember that. So, that oh true. man, I, I remember about that. that. Oh. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, and anything. You can you really can against go? Yeah. Can you really go against Dominique Toretto, Toretto like that? Do you really think he'd hurt you? <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, but no, thank you all. You know, anything you can do to oh, to help our Jared Edinger said, I think the mystery shirts aren't available anymore. So. Sorry, I guess that's a. Mo- I didn't realize it was going for so short. Oh, but, me either. But they checked the site and they did raise um basically thirty four thousand dollars through this. So that's awesome. That is awesome. That's fantastic. That's basically yeah, eleven k to each we of those uh, charities. That's all. That's great. That's fantastic. As you said, we were originally going to report on this story on Friday. We just went really late. So I thought it would last longer. Honestly, me, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. But that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. But hey, um, yep. as Adam Davis says, still not a waste of a story because Asian support preaching. Hell yeah. There you yep. go. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. 
Speaking of uh, things that I guess were maybe a little late to get to, I saw this and I didn't realize it was an uh, April Fool's joke, but let's go ahead and bring up that story. So uh, a fan mod has been released uh, or at least shown off called The Legend of Zelda Winds of Time, Time, which merges the Wind Awakers art style with Ocarina of Time. Uh, according to them, it's just an April Fool's joke for now, but a mod pack could be coming some someday, uh, which I watched the trailer for this. I don't know if you guys have yet, but it, it, it's it fantastic. I really like this. awesome. Plus, plus, they have, uh, as part of this mod, they have playable Malin. <laughs> like, they have Malin using oh, the wow. sword and shield, That's running so around cool. fighting. It's It's pretty great. I would be so, I would be more than happy to replay Ocarina of Time yet again for like the hundred millionth time in this right. art style. Are you kidding me? This it is looks so cool. really good. Yeah. Man, even know, the font, the typeface in the dialogue boxes is straight out of wind waker. And I love it. You know what? I can't help but think though. I look at this, I'm watching the trailer along with our audience mm-hmm. as we're talking about this. And I think I would love it if we got a remake of Ocarina of time that used for kid link used this exact art style and then when you pulled the sword from mm. the from the Temple of Time, it went oh. to uh, Breath of the Wild art style. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Or maybe, like, they could do, like, a more refined version of Twilight Princess's art I style. I was going to say, that, that, kind that of would darker... be... I would like yeah. the... Yeah, I was going to say Twilight Princess, but I have key issues with Twilight Princess's art style as Same. it exists. So I'm with you in that yeah. it would need to be further refined, like, get rid of all the bloom... Maybe maybe let the world yeah. be something other than brown. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree that that would be a really striking thing to do. Just have uh, you you pull the sword out of the stone and then everything's kind of, you know, closer to photorealism. Because right. that would right. be just, oh my God. So th- this mod was created by uh, Big Shark, Shark Z. Uh, it cr- apparently created over the course of two weeks and originally planned to be nothing more than a showcase. However, because of all the positive feedback, uh, they're actually going to go for it. So it says, while it's not a full or brand new game, all that was showcased here will someday be made available in the form of a mod pack. This video was made in two weeks with very little sleep as a proof of concept to show that uh, uh, some of what can be done with Wind Waker modding. However, please understand that this is a very large amount of work for a single person. Over 100 hours were spent working on this, for example, and that my free time is often limited, so it will take a while to have a proper release, especially when I have many other projects in the works. And you don't want to release it until it's done because, well, Nintendo. Um, But honestly, this just sort of shows to me that for old, you know, Zelda remakes, like if they ever remade the original uh, Legend of Zelda or Zelda Two, the Wind Waker style would work pretty well and still maintain that sort of feel for it. Because and that's what Miyamoto said back in the days when they envisioned the original Legend of Zelda. That Wind Waker Link is how they envisioned it. Yeah, right. I I think it would be really cool to see. I mean. I don't know how Nintendo hasn't remade these games there themselves yet, which is mm-hmm. almost ridiculous to think about. But I do really, really love this idea. I would love to see this. I would wait for this. You know, man, just I, I, I still wonder how he's going to handle the change to Adult Link because it is built. You can tell very readily mm-hmm. that it was built on top of Wind Waker, not Ocarina. So it's not like mm-hmm. he reskinned Ocarina, which means that man, that's got to be a lot more work. Because <laughs> you're adding yeah. a, a lot of mechanics and a lot of things that weren't present in uh, Wind Waker, so I don't I don't know yeah. how you do it, but I'm here for it, man. I wish Nintendo would just pick up this idea and 
give this guy the resources he needs to do it. Just, <laughs> yeah, right. We honestly, wish. Nintendo I mean, I steal it. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it can be overstated just how long it's probably going to be going to take for this to be turned into a. Oh, full it's going to be pack. two, like, three years. You know. Yeah, yeah but I mean, short. what we've seen so far. Yeah. I, I mean, mean he, who knows? But what we've seen so far is just really, really inspired and really cool stuff. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I, I love this. I love seeing people do creative stuff, especially with franchises I love, like Zelda. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully we get something more out of this. But I'm I'm glad to just see that trailer. It brought a smile to my face. That was a really great, uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's an April Fool's joke that's not malicious or, or not messed up in any way. It's just a cool idea that somebody put out there. Yeah, right. If it if it turns into a game, great. If it doesn't, at least I got to see that cool trailer and imagine what an actual remake of uh, Ocarina of Time could look like. Mm-hmm. Right. Eddie Beals in the chat says, "Imagine if the public response to what you thought was a funny April Fool's joke was no, 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 actually do this." Well, that's it's funny you say that because that's kind of what happened with Yakuza Like a Dragon. That originally was kind mm-hmm. of an April Fool's joke, and then they kind of came out after that that like joke trailer with you know turn based combat and said, "Oh no." We're actually making this, and it's actually <laughs> going to have turn-based combat now. And it turned out to be fantastic. Yeah. Everybody yeah, loved that's, it. That's precisely how they did it. And, I mean, it was just absurd enough that it worked. I mean, they because they, they said it was an April Fool's joke, and then they let that simmer for a very long time. They didn't mm-hmm. come back till I want to say, almost six months later, and then announced that it was actually a game. Um, maybe right. maybe not that long, but it definitely was, you know. They waited they, they, they a decent amount of time. Yeah, they, they let it ride for at least a few months. And as Eduardo Tena mentions, Pokemon Go, I don't know if it started, but it definitely inspired by Google, Google Maps April Fool's Day prank. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree that somebody probably saw that and thought, yeah, we could we could do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Pokemon that. saw that was like, you know, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Our uh, our resident pun master, Azran127, says, to think this modder was up at every wind waking hour to do this. It's Monday, man. You're not supposed to be dropping great puns like that on a Monday. It's too early. It's too soon in the week for that, man. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. And Japanese retail sales of Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury have already surpassed the total sales of the Wii U original. Uh, so in eight weeks, it outsold 14 months of sales <laughs> of, uh, wow. of that. This is all according to Game Data Library on Twitter. And yeah, uh, six <laughs> to date, uh, the Wii U version of Super Mario uh, 3D World in Japan has sold 602,000 copies. And in eight weeks, uh, Bowser, the Bowser's Fury update has um, sold 620,000 copies. So yeah, and Game Data Library uh, adds that 3D World on Switch is most likely a million seller already when factoring digital sales. But on the other hand, digital on Wii U is hardly a thing. So 600k for that version is kind of it already. Maybe like a, a little bit more than that, but not very much. <laughs> Chris Masterson, whoa, this graph is bad. <laughs> it, it, it's not exactly <laughs> easiest to read, but eh. it, get, it, but it, get it gets the, uh, it gets the point across. It gets yeah. the point across, yeah. but um. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's cool. It's it, I. It's interesting that this is just Japan. So I'm wondering how it's doing worldwide. Cause yeah. uh, I mean, oh Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury isn't the most exciting release, but I mean, one, it's a Mario game, so a lot of people are going to pick it up on virtue of the fact that it's a Mario game. And the other thing mm-hmm. is, you know, it's not exciting to those of us that played 
3D world before, which is, I mean, we're we're mm. in the minority here. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right? You know, we're the fools people... who bought a Wii U. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I'm working on a requested video, and I had to dig out my Wii U, and I I just held up the power brick for that thing, and I was like, oh, why? Right. Like, oh, who, right. who was in the room that was like, we're going to have two of these <laughs> for every console? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. it, like, it's just such a weird, I mean, it has its own charm to it. I still like the Wii U, but, God, when you compare it to the Switch, the power brick of the Wii U is almost bigger than the Switch itself, <laughs> which is just... <laughs> I know. It's absurd. Wasn't the uh, 360's power brick immense, like, just huge yep. as well? The The 360 had... I think that might be the only power brick that I can remember that's... Oh, well, the OG Xbox One also had an absurdly large brick. So Microsoft just, like, their first rev of consoles usually are terribly designed. Uh, right. You know, I, I would say they nailed it with the Series X, but, you know, that also kind of looks and feels like just an upgraded Xbox One. Um, right. But, yeah, the original right. Xbox One and the 360 had these hulking behemoths. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Power, you could power kill bricks. somebody with those. You know, the 360 power brick was stupid. It was just the, it, it was a it was a weapon essentially. Oh yeah, the Xbox One power brick could actually overheat, and and you just couldn't Even like better. you had to you had to unplug your Xbox for a while for for the power brick to cool off enough for you to play some more games. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it, it just I don't I don't get it, but I'm glad we as an industry have largely moved away from these ridiculous. Uh, huge power adapters for things yeah i i think the wii i mean the wii u definitely deserved better and we, we've all talked at length about how it could have been it could have gotten better if, if not for nintendo's horrible naming and marketing but i do think ironically that its greatest legacy may end up being the fact that the wii u walked or crawled so the switch could walk or run however you want to say it but i mean you know the wii u is essentially a prototype switch in in terms of its the idea behind it and the tech just wasn't quite there yet for what the switch would eventually be. I mean, at least it almost feels like damning with faint praise. Like I, I get it. I get what you're going at, but it also just reminds me, it's like the virtual boy walks so the 3ds could run <laughs> is the type. Of I thing. mean, to be fair, I do love my Wii U. It had an amazing library of exclusives. I don't miss it now that I'm playing on Switch, but, I mean, right. I'll defend the... Hey, look. Oh, I, Wii I U enjoyed the Wii U at the time. I played... Yeah. Well, maybe it's because of, you know, where I worked, but I played the Wii U a lot <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, same. I, yeah, my, same. I played a ton of my Wii U. Yeah. My Wii U got more mileage, and I wasn't with you guys, so <laughs> my Wii mm. U got more mileage than, than my PS4 or my Xbox One did. Um and it was, you know, I was working at Nintendo Life. I was writing for other places as well. Uh, but, you know, it was still kind of uh, more more hobbyist in nature. So I, my Wii U was still my go-to console. I really, I had just had my first kid. And so it was easy for me to pick up the gamepad and play games on that, you know, while I was holding her or doing something with her and, and let other people use the TV or even, you know, even as she grew, uh, you know, when she was a toddler, like I could put whatever inane kid stuff she wanted to watch on the TV and I could play games on the gamepad. And I loved that system for that. And I mean, granted mm -hmm. the switch much more nicely fills that role today. <laughs> you know, I can oh, just yeah. undock yeah. the damn thing and, and play it. Um, <laughs> Pac-Man 99 is kind of perfect for when I'm holding Kai and he's asleep in my arms. It's like, okay, I don't have to do much. Don't have to worry about much. Just 
focus on that. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you know what? Wii U will always be the console that that debuted Mega Man in Smash on console. So I'm always going to love the the Wii U for that. You know, alone, let alone so many other things. There, there is one thing that we're all ignoring that the Wii U did better than the Switch. And that is well, one okay. it failed the, the eShop than the Switch. failed better <laughs> than the Switch. The virtual console, man, yeah, yeah. Like oh, I mean, mm-hmm. virtual console. I don't know what happened to Nintendo. They're like, oh, we have a good console. We don't need old games now. <laughs> but goddamn, I, I was able to get both the Wii and the Wii U, you know, virtual consoles on on that console, and it was so mm. so so good. It also is, is the weird. other. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. the other side of that, though, was that the quality of the emulation, though, on Virtual Console oh, Wii U was, was actually pretty terrible compared to even yeah. the 3DS, but especially the Wii. But you know, And so that, that was a step down. But you did have that library accessible. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, though, it is better than nothing, which is what we have now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I, li- I like it for that. I, li- I mean, I, I, I still remember... Like, because I didn't pick up a lot of stuff on Virtual Console on the Wii U. A few things here and there, but just not a lot. But I remember thinking, as the Switch was coming out and seeing it being portable like this, like, oh, I'm going to buy so many Virtual Console games. And then it never came out. Like, I planned to buy a lot of these games probably again, just because, like, I could play them portably now. That's awesome. Yeah. And then it never happened. Right. I, I, I wonder if it's just that Nintendo got gun shy they're like man are we really going to ask these people to buy these games for like the fourth time you know mm-hmm. people are going to be pissed and i'm like for once just be the arrogant nintendo we know you're capable of being and sell them to me again <laughs> i'll buy them again this is the perfect console for this mm-hmm. like, i if yeah. you can tell me i can have everything from nes all the way up to the switch on a portable device i i'd be in heaven man i would yeah. yeah, there there is a there is not a price I would not get, pay for access to those titles. Get those virtual consoles that were on the Wii, the 3DS, and the Wii U all on there, so we can enjoy it in the same way. And ugh. well, remember the 3DS also had like it had Game Gear and and had yep. like there were there were exactly. so many different uh, the Wii had like Turbo Graphics 16. Like there were so many different consoles covered in Virtual Console right across the all these how different it, platforms. I first discovered Gunstar Heroes. Right, yeah, and then yeah. as you were saying, Steve, they get to the Switch, and then it's it's only when they get to the perfect device to be able to have all these games on that they change course, and it's yeah. so frustrating. What the hell? <laughs> I yeah, mean, I yeah, and I would easily pay more for them on the Switch than I would have on those previous because I could take them with me. I could take them with me, mm-hmm. and oh right. God, and and the they, thing is. Uh, Ditto M. Maybe the VC sales weren't there, possibly, but it was also on a console that didn't really do that well so how do you date de- de- yeah. decide on that i mean and nintendo yeah has has just inched so close to just being the perfect having the perfect platform for this i mean we have uh switch style nes controllers we have switch style super nes controllers and i i own both of those and if you put out sega master system and gave me a stupid sega master system controller to throw on there <laughs> i buy it again i don't care that all the mm-hmm. other ones work like i just to have this close approximation of what it was like to play them back in the day on this portable machine that i could just take to a friend's house and share my retro library come on nintendo mm-hmm. like y- you did so much right this generation so far but yeah. the the one like alley oop the easiest thing you could have done you just decided not to like i mean this was like their one of their main points that nintendo fans had against sony and xbox 
in the last two generations. We were like, oh yeah, well we got retro games out the ass. Like we've got everything we could ever want. You're over there with your shitty indies. Like, I mean, we, you know, Nintendo fans had that one thing in the console wars against the fanboys of other platforms. And Nintendo's just like, yeah, never again. <laughs> we're we're, we're going <laughs> right. to give you a subscription service where we drip feed bad NES games once every month and a half. I, I mean, it, it, yeah. it is worth, I guess, you know, in the interest of fairness, it's worth pointing out that the NES and SNES Online libraries have grown to a pretty decent degree, and they've got some great titles in there. Like They fair, have, but it's also true. one of those things be where it's so just... so much better. Not even once a month anymore. It'd yeah. be fine if we were getting... Yeah, it's a drip feed, but give us a, give us a consistent drip feed. Yeah. Well, yeah, and as, like, folks in the chat are pointing out, the Wii U had GBA, it had DS. Thanks, uh, hey, it's Dingo, Danilo Aimini. I mean, there were so many platforms that were that were covered in various virtual console iterations that are just not here. And it doesn't seem as though that's really going to change. Maybe we'll get another system or another uh, console covered in Switch Online at some point. But, yeah, although, to be fair, though, uh, Ditto M does point out maybe. He says, maybe the VC sales weren't there. Was VC popular outside of the dedicated Nintendo fan base? And one well, that's what I wonder, mentioned before about how, like, we don't right. know because it was on Wii U. Who knows how it would right. do on a more popular right. console? And, and the other right. the other thing to just point out is that this doesn't require lots of effort. This is not, you know, these are games that are already made, emulators that are already written. Like, you you just need to make them available for purchase. And so it's... Right. I, I don't understand, even if it was not a huge seller, it's not like a lot of R&D or money went into putting them up there for people to buy. Um mm. I, right. I honestly, at this point, I just wish all the people outside of Nintendo that had great NES, SNES, N64 games, just port them yourself, man. I'll buy them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just write a yeah. damn look at, emulator. Look at the Mega Man M2. Legacy collections. People buy those. Yeah, man. I, I'll, I, I snap up games on the Switch far more readily than I do on any other platform. Like, I, I will buy a Mega Man X2 collection, or a Mega Man X collection part two, if it's on sale for, like, $3 off, and there's not uh-huh. a single good game in that collection. <laughs> but I'll buy it, because well, it's portable. one game in there. It, it, um, the impulse value of the Switch, it can't be denied. It's one of those platforms where you'll see something on the eShop, and you're like, I might want that portably eventually. <laughs> so you just mm-hmm. buy uh-huh. it. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. Ditto M points out that, that it did uh, take over a year, over a year for even a link to the past come, to come to the Wii U Virtual Console. We might oh, be yeah. a little it, too kind to it. And it's less about the Wii U Virtual Console specifically and more that we just missed the concept of Virtual Console across all of its platforms. Mm-hmm. But I agree, yeah. in terms of Virtual Console, the Wii U was by far, I would say, the worst implementation of that service that we've seen. Right. Absolutely. Well. That was a wild uh, tangent because we went from 3D World sales to the to the Wii U to Virtual Console. So, yeah, uh, let's just stay on this Nintendo track and uh, for our next topic and bring that up. So, Shantaro Furukawa has said that Nintendo's future is focused on new IP and staple series. So, cool if you're looking forward for, forward to new things from Nintendo. Not so great if you want them to work on things that are not Mario and Zelda. Yeah, that's... For, for, from a business standpoint, I get where they're coming from or where he's coming from, but so many of us want to see, you know, we want to see a new F-Zero game, man. We want to see a new Star Fox. And 
that for at least if you take you know Furukawa's words on their face, it doesn't seem as though Nintendo have any interest at all in in you know leaning on series like that or or you know keeping those you know smaller Nintendo series alive uh, going forward. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean that everything's canceled, of course, but it just doesn't seem as though we can look forward to Nintendo really trying to dig deep into their lesser known IPs going forward. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. I agree with Jason Ulo in the chat. His question is, so what does Nintendo count as a staple series? And I wonder the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think there's that's the, the big choices. debate. Mario, Zelda, you know, the the big Pokemon. Hitters, Pokemon. Yeah, those are very clearly staple series. Uh, Smash Brothers, right? Like Smash is mm-hmm. a staple. I think series. Kirby probably qualifies. I think Kirby sneaks in as well. See, but then After beyond that, that like, though, I mean, that, that yeah. I'm worried about Star Fox. I don't think Star mm-hmm. Fox is necessarily a staple series. Uh, F-Zero is certainly not. Punch-Out is is almost certainly not. Um, Metroid's kind of on that line. Metroid, yeah, Metroid kind of toes the line. If if we didn't have pre-announced uh, Metroid game, or a pre-announced Metroid game in the pipeline, then I would be worried about Metroid, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because we haven't seen Samus in a while. So I guess the question is, what the hell is a staple franchise? Also, Nintendo, I love them, but I don't really think of them blowing out new IP very often. Like, a new IP from Nintendo, I feel like, is a rare occurrence. Yeah, I mean, as, yeah. as this uh, Video Games Chronicle article points out, over the past 20 years, their most significant original IP launches were Splatoon in 2015. And then before that, it was nine years earlier, Wii Sports in 2006, and then Pikmin in 2001. So really, only three major new IPs have been yeah. launched that I can think of in the past and 20 years. To be fair, we were talking about it. I would I would also categorize Splatoon as a, as a staple Absolutely. at this point. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and I think that there's an interesting debate about, uh, amongst the chat here. Um, I saw Andrew mention, mention it. So real question, why is this a new story? Nintendo is focusing on new IPs, but also following up on existing, one, existing ones. That's a mutually exhaustive list of things they were already doing. And that's the thing. I guess it isn't really that different from what we've already known. Of course they're working on new series. Of course they're working on their staples. I think it's more the idea of... As, as Steve said, what is not their staples and um, how do we go from there? Or do they consider that the games that are not staples new series? As in they're working on something new and not the staple. We yeah. don't know. There's a lot of language interpretation that can go on yeah. there. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it's more that the... Oh, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, I do want to point out the chat. Yeah, I don't think ARMS is <laughs> coming back in because of this. Yeah. Um, I love ARMS, personally. I think it's a great game, but it, it definitely underperformed, and I can't see a sequel coming anytime soon. Also, Fire Emblem, for sure, is... is oh, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem counts. I'm going to go out on the limb and say Rhythm Heaven probably doesn't count as a staple series. Just, just guessing. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it... it you're right. I mean, this doesn't really read all that differently from what they've already been doing. But I think the new story is, A, as as you know, we've all been discussing, what qualifies as staple and what doesn't. And B, Furukawa just putting kind of an official statement on the matter. Um, that That's kind of the angle here. But I agree. This doesn't at all fly in the face of what they've already been doing with the Switch for the past few years. It's so, essentially just yeah. corporate speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. It, it is hard to put a lot of weight into these because, one... Uh, executives are going to sit are always going to provide carefully crafted worded statements to ensure that their stock value doesn't go down when they open their mouth. <laughs> um, 
and and the other because obviously he's not going to come out and be like, yeah, we're going to take a bunch of risks and we're just going to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and maybe we'll make some money or <laughs> right. maybe it'll crash and burn. I don't know. I'm Nintendo. You know that I mean, you know that series that only sold six copies, but that has those really dedicated fans. We're catering to those six fans. Yeah, we get yeah, those six people millions. really happy, but. <laughs> but which hey maybe that's maybe that's the Famicom Detective Club because who was really asking for that yet we're getting it so yeah. you never know I, you I, never know as much as I know in my heart that Nintendo is just a business and they're out to make money I do feel like they do a fairly good job of pleasing their fans of giving the fans what they want by and large. I mean, obviously, you can never please everybody. There will be people out there that wonder why we haven't gotten, like, a new... Oh, God, I can't even think of a... Rusty's like, Real Deal Baseball? Yeah, exactly. Rusty yeah. Where's, where's Rusty 2, man? Where's Rusty yeah. 2? Where's, where's the virtual console? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> so you can't please all your fans all the time. Um, but I think Nintendo, of all the major companies out there, they do the best job of of recognizing what the fans are after and, and trying to give it to them in a way that makes sense. So take that as you will. I don't necessarily think it means the death of Star Fox or F zero, you know, I mean, though F zero kind of, <laughs> but um, it's already been, been, been dead. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. But I, I still hold out hope that someday we'll see those series return. I, I think Star Fox will come sooner than F zero, but you never know. And it's funny, Steve, because uh, on one hand, I agree with what you're saying in terms that Nintendo, by and large, is a pretty good job of doing, you know, of trying to deliver what they think their fans want. On the other hand, Azran did just point out that they did just delist Mario 3D All-Stars and Mario 35 <laughs> for no apparent reason. So I do agree with what you're and saying. Fire on Emblem, hand, so... And Fire Emblem. So... I don't know if that if that always applies, but I okay, definitely here's here's a new F Zero, but it's only available for a week. Go, yeah, exactly right. Which, uh, to be fair, <laughs> might get enough sales they can get a sequel. It's like, all right, they're actually into this. Maybe we'll do another sequel. You know, all right, two weeks this the, time. By the way, speaking of of Nintendo doing boneheaded things, I tweeted about this over the weekend, but I launched Mario Thirty Five just to see just to see what would happen. That game still. A, a, more than a week after its death, it still presents you with new, new daily challenges. Why would they do that? Just pouring salt in the wound. It's the meanest thing. Ugh. I just I just want one of the daily challenges to just say something like, I can't believe you opened this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> daily challenge. Stop opening Mario 35. It'll never work again. Yeah. Cry over Mario 35's death. One one out of one completed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I do want to say this. I've been thinking about Nintendo's long ignored franchises, uh, specifically F-Zero. Why don't they just go the route of making like an SNES style F-Zero game just to gauge interest? Like put right. out, not, not low, I don't want to say low effort, but put out something that is not uh, costly for them to make from a development perspective and just test the waters, man. I guarantee you there's enough fervent fans mm -hmm. that, that at least that effort would make them a boatload of money. Uh, yeah, I, I I bet Nintendo doesn't see the value in like going full on AAA producing like a, a high end racing game, but at the same time, I mean it would cost them not a lot to make like an F zero ninety nine like Jason Uloa mentions or something mm -hmm. very simple, and then just you know I just also, had the yeah. dumbest but also kind of you know idea the dumbest idea that could actually work pretty well as far as Nintendo's forgotten fr franchises. Not even a franchise because it's only got a single game. 
You know, Ice Climber would work pretty well as a 99 game. Trying to climb a mountain, an endless mountain, mm, while you I like get get things and send obstacles to your friends, uh, to the people. Ice Climber 99 would actually work pretty well. I could see that, yeah. Um, it, it's such a shame, too, because, like, I know Nintendo are typically very protective of their IPs. They're very, you know, very rarely do they farm them out to external developers. But as Jared Edinger points out... Sheenan is chomping at the bit to, yep. to make a new F-Zero mm. game. Sheenan being the indie developers who made Fast RMX and Fast Racing Neo, they are made for an F-Zero game. They they basically have made F-Zero games already in a way. They just mm-hmm. need to be given the IP. And it just sucks because you know Nintendo's not going to do anything with it. And they don't have to. It's their right not to do anything with it. But it's just if they're not, then why not just give these indie devs who have shown they have the chops to you know, I mean, they've done shot. it before. Look at... Cadence of Hyrule. So, yeah, exactly. It's weird to me that they would farm out Zelda to an indie before they do F-Zero. Yeah. Like, and prior you know to that, they farm Zelda out to Capcom. Like, they're willing to do well, it. Well, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, Capcom's that's a, a little has move. a little bit more... Yeah. <laughs> that's true, but I just mean if... But yeah, they're not an indie dev, of course. But I just mean if they're, they've shown they're willing to do it under specific circumstances. And it's just... You know, F-Zero's low risk because it's not as though it's one of their staple IPs so it, it doesn't hurt them as much if it if it fails either at least you know that's my my armchair business 101 uh, yeah. look at the whole thing I, I will but, say yeah that I wish Nintendo would copy Sega in this respect like Sega is great about just handing out its dormant mm-hmm. IPs and letting other developers do stuff with it I, mm-hmm. I I applaud Sega for that because we've gotten some amazing amazing games out of that I mean we got Shenmue 3 which, okay, I know most of y'all hate it, but um, we also got... Uh, Street, Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage 4. We got Monster Boy. We've got, you know, I mean, just Alex Kid stuff. <laughs> Alex Kidd is coming. Yeah. Making a new one. Yeah. I mean, I wish Nintendo would, would be a little more... And I understand why they're not. Nintendo is famously litigious. No one's ever going to change Nintendo. But I really <laughs> wish that, you know, these developers that they trust enough to give early access to Switch to make launch titles for their console would be trusted enough to take an IP that they're just not doing anything with and make a new entry. I mean, yeah. I don't need Nintendo to develop an F-Zero. I just need someone to develop an F-Zero. <laughs> right. I right. mean, we got that uh, the whole... Um, fan, fans are kind of making their own Star Fox, essentially, because... Sure. And going to the SSNES style now. All right. I, so there's right. a lot of a lot of Kickstarter games for that type of gameplay. So I have you know. to talk about that for just a sec because I've played it. Mm-hmm. Nice. I don't love it. I'm oh, really, really sad that I don't love it. That's I, too bad. So I mean, but I will give them this. It is early access, and that's really important to remember. So it's basically sure. in beta, right? But there's no boost there's no break uh barrel rolls feel a little weird the shooting mechanic like there's no charge shot there's no bombs it just feels like a very very bare bones uh experience it it is very clearly even in the first level that i played trying to emulate the original Star Fox. but there's something about that just feels off like it feels wrong and i wish Mm. that they could fix it i don't know if they can but Right now, it's just uh, you play it, and all you can think about is how different it is from Star Fox. I think it's because mm-hmm. they they hew just a little too close to the original, that... where the differences are very pronounced. I feel like there's another one too that was out because I don't know if that I, I heard good things about the another one that had a whole Kickstarter thing and released a demo that. Um, yeah, this. Uh, 
for those of us treated watching, pretty well. I'm talking about Whisker Squadron. Um, Whisker Squadron. There was a could, could another game, fixed, but let me see if I could find it. Uh, it's been a hot minute <laughs> since <laughs> it came out, uh, so I'm seeing if I could find it here. Uh, here we go. E, uh, Ex Zodiac. Interesting. Look, okay, I haven't look tried up that. that one. That one's that one's let's, looking pretty good too. Let's, Looks let's, a little bit more solid. Let's, let's take a here. look. Ex Zodiac. Oh, this is the one I think I was thinking of, actually. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking. I didn't realize. I forgot about the whole Whisker Squadron thing. Yeah. Oh, shit. This looks amazing. Yeah, this is what I was thinking of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There you go, Steve. We just got to point you in the right direction. What the hell? Okay, I'm playing this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whisker Squadron. I don't think I've ever even seen Whisker Squadron. The the, the one I was thinking of all along during this conversation was EX Zodiac. Oh, man. Yeah. This looks incredible. Edible. And they they got hit fifty thousand pounds of their twenty thousand pound goal, so it's coming eventually. Well, go download. Yeah. I just click download on the demo right now, so <laughs> nice. I, I will be checking this out. I'll report back on the next episode of TNT if uh, EX Zodiac scratches that Star Fox itch. But unfortunately, Whisper nice. Squadron has potential, but it hasn't. It's not quite there yet. I would recommend holding off on that one. Until there's the logo nothing. kills me mm-hmm. for Whisker Squ- Squadron since it's so clearly Star Fox. Like, oh yeah, so clearly evoking that it's funny. With, of course. Whisker Squadron feels like it is it is trying to be a Star Fox remake, and I think that's what makes the differences uh, shine mm-hmm. in a really unfortunate way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of classic games, another Ooh. one's about to uh, hit soon. Put that up here. All right. The original Shantae is coming to the Switch. We finally have a release date, and it is hitting on April 22nd. Not that far away. Basically next week, or now the week and a half. Right. So, yeah. Which uh, is if cool. It's cool. It's it's great, especially because it can be kind of rare, and who knows how long the 3DS Virtual Console, console will be around. So, plus, you know, be a little easier to play this than, than on your 3DS yeah, it's also so. remarkably well animated for a Game Boy Color game. It was a very late it is. Game Boy Color. I think it was like just yeah. before the GBA came out. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I missed this on the Game Boy Color. I didn't play a lot of Game Boy until the GBA came out, but I'm watching the trailer now, and damn, this is pretty Th- This is much more of a Metroidvania than a lot of them, and uh-huh. um, it's, it's one of those where... It's rough around the edges. It is definitely sure. rough around the edges. Uh, it, it feels like a first game. It's fun, but it is a little rough. Like if you, this really is only there for the classic, you know, people who want to have the entire Shantae series there. You could pretty easily start with Risky's Revenge and be fine. Um, because And what's cool about this? Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Rob Arman X was the one to uh, initially post this in the newsroom in our server. And uh, he specifies that this version, of course, has the GBA enhancements. And apparently, though, that's the first time since the original release that those have been available. Mm-hmm. So I don't think any other re-release of, of the of the first Shantae up until now has had the, the GBA enhancements accessible, which is a really cool addition. Yeah. Nice. It, there, there's a lot of love being put in this. And as also been mentioned... The entire Shantae series is now playable on the Switch. Right. Yeah, that does. Yeah, because uh, Risky's Revenge Director's Cut's already on there. So, yeah, that makes, yeah, all five games are here now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a good series. And it's, it's 
it was one of those series I heard. I, I guess I first heard about because it was like there was this late Game Boy Color game that came out that apparently was really good. But now it's super rare because it was such a limited release and it just it was too late because this was published by Capcom initially, of all things. Oh, right, um, right. And it was like, dang, I missed it. And then we got the sequel. We got Risky's Revenge, but that was a DSi only sequel. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't have that. So can't really do that. I think I got Risky's Revenge when it came out on mobile. I was so interested in trying that series. That's when I first experienced it. I got it on my cell phone when they released it on the Apple, on the Apple thing. And it was... It controlled fine. I didn't beat it because I hated the controls, but I was like, okay, I, I saw the personality. So it is yeah, I mean, really cool to see all this. The original Shantae, I would say, holds up. It definitely is is rough, as as you were saying, compared to some of the best in the series, like uh, Pirate's Curse. Like, if right. you're going back to the first game from Pirate's Curse, like I did, you know, definitely be prepared for an understandable dip in quality, I would say, but... That doesn't mean that the original Shantae's bad. Like, yeah, it, it holds if you got it at the day. time, I'm sure it was a, like a kind yeah. of mind blowing in a way. Exactly. So, yeah, cool stuff. Neat, uh, you know, neat blast in the past. If you want to check it out yourself, and coming very soon. So, yep. But time for a different kind of PSA. No, no. Go ahead and put up yeah. that topic. So, uh, you know, I've been chronicling, I've been working on chronicling some of the games that you might want to pick up on the PSN before the PS3, uh, PSP, and Vita eShops, uh, eShops, just shops close. Um, there's other things apparently you got to keep track of too, because people have discovered that various PS3 game updates are no longer available. So if you haven't patched your games, you're going to want to do that. Go through and patch your PS3 games and see if they're still available, which I don't even know how you figure that out. Right. Yeah, that's that's and, a yeah. good question. They're, uh, they're saying it's really, really scattershot with what games have lost patches and which ones have them. In the original thread, they mentioned like uh, one one game uh, didn't have any patches, but then the twenty the game of the year version of it did. Like just a very <laughs> weird criteria for for how these patches are getting pulled off of the PSN. And some are only yeah. for EU, some are only for Japan, some are only for North America. It's... Well, it's our very own dear friend John John Cartwright also points out that this really sucks for online games that gate access unless you're on the latest patch. And he points mm. out that Tekken Tag Tournament 2 is one of the games that seems to have already lost updates. So we're, we're literally, like, losing the ability to play games we already own or that you may want to own in the future because they're just pulling the ability to patch PS3 games. Sony just continues to just... God, this sucks. Yeah, this it's is... Just... This, I mean, there's... Yeah. This is the way you encourage piracy. Unfortunately. It's an, it's an erasure of history. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're losing games yeah. that you know existed on solely on these platforms. It sucks. They're you know, and in a broader sense, it feels like they're taking something away from people that they've paid for. Which, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I have no no nice words for that. That is that is a very difficult thing to defend. It's indefensible. It's gross. It sucks. Um, yeah. I just don't mm-hmm. understand why I, I understand pulling down the store, at least in terms of business logic, like, oh, we want people buying PS5 games or at minimum PS4 games. It's time to move on. But not letting people re-download shit they bought or 
you yeah. know, even even hobbling the ability of well, that's the uh, thing. physical they, games to get updates. They announced you'd be able to re-download the stuff you've already bought. It's just, so it's weird you're not allowing the patches to be there. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where it deeply confuses me and, and frankly upsets me quite a bit is mm-hmm. it, it's, I mean, I it's unethical, really. Like, why, yeah. why would you... I agree. Why would you do this? How is this the right way to handle anything? And also, the fact that they're doing it without communicating anything. Right. It's just anyone. like done. Yeah. Yeah. Here I mean, day, and, and, as you said, Steve, I agree with you. There is a certain amount of business sense that that it does make to shut down the older stores, even though I still don't agree with it. I can I can at least justify that in my mind. But there's there's no justification for locking people out of things they've already purchased. And and out of you know the use of the full use of hardware they've already purchased you know it's not just about the games like it's about the system that that these games are tied to as well and now you're losing functionality of a piece of hardware you've bought into as well and I I know there are uh, you know, people out there who will say well the PS3 came out X many years ago get over it and move on but that's still your PS3 you still put money into that and I yeah. I, I think you should be able to still continue to play it I mean- as you will. I have my NES. I can pop in my NES games if I want to and play them just fine. Exactly. Granted, I might have to clean the things a little bit, but that's, you know, that's age and whatnot. That's just the yeah. limitations. We're at the point now that these limitations shouldn't be there, shouldn't matter, and they're finding ways to make it just like... The dream of a lot of these companies is to sell you things, but have you not actually own it? And that is... Yeah. That is a sick line of thought that we we're going like the, f- rapidly approaching. The the thing that I find most disturbing about this, I mean, okay, say what you will about digital games, right? Digital games go away, stores close down. People have long mentioned that this is a fear, you know, that when your digital purchases will be rendered moot after X number of years. I get that. I get that. There's a through line there that makes sense, but. I mean, not being able to apply critical patches to physical games that you own, that you have on physical media. You can no mm-hmm. like, I mean, Metal Gear Solid 4 received a massive patch that, that removed the requirement to basically reinstall the game between discs. And if that goes away, you're stuck with a hobbled version of the game that, that takes a lot longer to load and install um, than than otherwise would be true. But, I mean... I. I guess I just don't understand, man. If I can get patches yeah. still for Windows XP, which was which was already gone by the time uh, the PS3 hit the market, I should be able to get patches for my PS3 games. That's all I'm saying. It, it seems right. weird to me. It doesn't cost Sony tons of money to host these patches. It doesn't cost Sony tons of money to host the store, which I've talked about at length. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this, yeah. this is just bullshit. 100%. Well, and there's a... There's a running list of games, of PS3 games that are currently unable to get patches on uh, the PSN Profiles website, and I'm looking through it right now. These aren't just like no-name games nobody's ever heard of. We're, we're talking about games like Battlefield 4, Castlevania Lords of Shadow, Dark Void, Dead Nation, Ghostbusters the Video Game, uh, Little Big Planet, Game of the Year Edition, SOCOM, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Online Edition, Soul Calibur 4, Tekken Tag 2, as John pointed out. Like... Mm-hmm. This is messed up, man. This is just these are game and, and and these of course vary by region in terms of patch availability. But we're talking about disc versions of some of these games too. This isn't just digital. Some of those games I just read off, we're talking about the disc versions of those games can no longer be patched 
in various regions. There's no defense for this. There just isn't. And Sony continues to dig themselves deeper. And what, unfortunately, what sucks is no matter what they do, they can do this all day because people are going to keep buying PS5s and people are going to keep buying mm-hmm. Sony's games as long as they keep making great, you know, publishing and, and great games. And the I think there is, there is a subset of fans who do not care about old games. They're, they're, right. they, they just don't care. They'll sell off their old stuff and not worry about it and just get the new stuff. But there's a legacy here. There's a wonderful legacy here that they're just sort of ignoring and denying and just sort of pushing under the rug. And I think that's what hurts is that this is just like, you know, who doesn't care about their own legacy? One one of the things that we talk about all the time on this show is preservation and how awful it is in, in the game space specifically like games get lost to time right and now we're talking about the fact that even if you have a physical copy of a game you can't get it the way it was like its final form right unless they had printed Mm -hmm. another disc which is so rare in these cases unless they would printed another disc Mm -hmm. with the updates on the disc it doesn't happen we're just Mm -hmm. completely out of luck here and it's ridiculous to me it's it's deeply unfortunate that even even if you went out of your way and, and spent the money and bought a physical copy of a game you love, you might not be able to play it the way it was finally intended to be played. And that just really rubs me the wrong way, man. And you're right, though, Derek. Yeah. People are going to buy PS5s. I've got one right here. You've got one in your room. <laughs> Ash has one in his room. Yeah, I have one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're, it, we're it, it is what it is. We are going to stick with the new stuff, but we also, you know, there there's a lot of great old stuff to pay. That's why I'm making those lists. There's like, this is how much it's going to cost. And you know, at some point emulation becomes an idea, especially when, Hey, I own, uh, you know, I don't know, dark siders or whatever, whatever, pick a game. And I don't have the update anymore to make it run really well. Well, I own it. So I guess I'm okay with emulating it. Yeah. That's usually yeah, an idea. Past a certain point. I mean, these updates, I, I hate to say it, but, Someone out there has backed these up in a, in a in a I'm I'm going to be charitable and say in a gray market fashion, um, <laughs> you know. But if that's the only way you can enjoy some of these, I mean, I've said it before. If if a company does not give you a legitimate means to purchase a product, what other choice do you have? I I can't mm-hmm. I can't condemn someone who downloaded a game that they literally could not get any other way. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't feel. You know. I don't. Without feel breaking like the bank, or even even this, even this, even if you do break the bank and get this, you might not get the version you want because it's gone. Yeah. So I don't. I don't feel bad if people start jailbreaking PS3s at this point. I don't feel bad if they download whatever their favorite game is because it, it's just a fact that. I mean, Sony's removing their mechanism for you to get this in a legal, fair way. So what avenue is left? Right. Guess when music piracy started to really go down? It's when it became really easy to buy music. Yep. Jacob Yu says this new story is actually due to a glitch in the store. They'll probably be back later, but I'm not comfortable believing that they'll probably be back later. I That may be true, but That'd given what Sony hope. has been... Yeah, we hope they'll be back later, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is intentional. I mean, so I, I think the fact that... Or the idea that this is due to a glitch is still, if I'm not mistaken, speculative. And... We'll obviously report on it if it does turn out to be a glitch, and we'll we'll you know talk about mm-hmm. how you know thankful we are that we aren't losing access to all these games and these games can no longer be patched. 
But unless and until that happens, I'm not ready to assume that this isn't that yeah. this is just the the result of a glitch. I, I don't believe that necessarily. I, yeah. I I would like to assume that Sony would do the right thing here, but they're shutting down the store. So I can't assume they're going to do the right thing. Uh, that being said, I could see, because we all know that the PS3 era Sony infrastructure was a mess. I mean, they got taken down for, what, months? <laughs> because yeah. mm-hmm. they got hacked that bad. So I could, I could see that potentially, and just playing devil's advocate here, that they stored some updates for games on servers that they have now taken down and that they, you know, if they care, which again, that's a big leap to make, um, would, would copy those onto whatever server is going to handle the brunt of the PS3, you know, post post closure PSN. I hope that happens. But like Ash said, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. I'm not going to hold my breath for Sony to do the right thing here. They know people hate this and they don't seem to care. They haven't responded to it at all. And I don't think they're going to. So, yeah, I mean, as long as PS5s are selling out before people can even line up to buy them, they're not going to care because why do they need to? What what reason do they have to care about what the hobbyists are saying, really? You know, because they're still selling out PS5s. As soon as they can release, sometimes even before they can be released, release them to be available because they're just snapped up by bots. So, mm-hmm. you know, what what uh, motivation do they have to care about this? Unfortunately, the answer is none. Yep. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and talk about our last story. Bring that up for uh, here. Uh, so Epic is reportedly set to lose at least $330 million dollars from competing with Steam, but Tim Sweeney uh, is actually considering that an investment and doesn't seem bothered by the fact that they're going to lose that amount of money. Basically, they've been pouring money into the Epic Game Store, getting a bunch of uh, exclusives and stuff like that, plus removing themselves from the Apple Store, uh, I guess, affected things. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's who knows it goes there going on, going to go there going to go on there but according to predictions made by Apple themselves the epic store will not see any profitability until 2027 if it continues to operate the way the way they are now um uh you know he just and of course Tim Sweeney's like no we're cool with this but i think that might be just i can almost read that as like uh no i don't it's like ah, apple said that ah screw them i don't believe them i we're fine i well this goes back to what we were talking about uh, Shuntaro Furukawa earlier. Like, no CEO mm. is going to get into an interview and be like, oh, shit, oh, fuck, like, things are so bad. <laughs> How did we get here? Like, they're not going <laughs> to do that in an interview, right? Like, every CEO is going to puff up their chest and be like, we expected this $330 million loss, and it's fine. It's fine. No one's – I'm not drinking. We're fine. Like, that's just what they do, right? Like, they, no CEO ever comes out and goes, you know what, guys – I really screwed up and I made a bad choice. Not not unless it's right. like a sex scandal. <laughs> they otherwise <laughs> they tend to they tend to paint a very rosy picture of their predicament most of the time. That being said, I mean these guys have Fortnite money, so I'm not I'm not really <laughs> like I, I yeah I'm not too believe, concerned about them. Yeah, I, I do. Oh, believe not, that yeah. they're like three three hundred thirty million. Okay, all we gotta do is roll out a new skin. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean I firmly believe that that they are fortunate enough to be in a position where Fortnite is just keeping the lights on. And yeah, I, 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 it's just, I I could see this. I, I think that they have this grand design of supplanting steam, right. Of toppling valve and they're spending the money they think it'll take to get them there. mm -hmm. It's not working, but they, they 
clearly no, it usually just uh, how they do it. really upsets people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's happy when they uh, like a game is an Epic Game Store exclusive. Oh no. Um, well, and, and also oh, given ahead, how sure. difficult things are for people right now, just to hear Tim Sweeney say, "Oh, three hundred thirty million bucks—that's an investment. No big deal." It's like three hundred. Not even $1 million could make oh, yeah. such a massive difference oh, yeah. in so many people's lives. $1 million put between the three of us right? would be a, like, change, change and it's things. Just, so to hear that, it just it just makes me... I mean, I know we're kind of comparing apples to oranges because right. you know, the <laughs> Epic, Ga- Epic Game Store is, is, you know... I know, right? Apples to oranges. You know, they're their business. They have all this money to play with. It's just... it. Leaves a bad taste in my mouth to hear Tim Sweeney, who I dislike for other reasons besides <laughs> this, but to hear him just say three hundred thirty-three or three hundred three million, no biggie. Whatever. Right. I'm still going home with a fat I, paycheck. So eh. I'm I'm looking at this GameIndustry.biz article on it, and they mentioned a report by IGN that showed that players spent seven hundred million dollars on the Epic uh, Store in 2020. But only two hundred sixty-five million of that was spent on the third-party games exclusive to it. And remember, uh, just for Remedy, uh, for Remedy's control in twenty nineteen, they spent ten million dollars securing that ex- uh, that PC exclusivity. So, Jeez. Yeah. I, it seems like that kind of investment is not actually helping them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think what they what they expected was that they would become a destination based on these exclusives, but it's just not hmm. working out that way. Um, what they are doing is lining the pockets of developers, both large and small, which yeah. cool. I'm happy the developers yeah. get this money, but um, it hasn't done much to raise their profile. And I'll be honest, I don't know how they would raise their profile at this point. Like, I don't know what the strategy is. I mean, to get Steam people is to so like ubiquitous. Them. And say what it you is. will about Steam. Yeah. It has its own problems, but. You know, the thing is, as a storefront, Steam's fine. I, I like Steam. I, I I don't have issues finding stuff there. It's huge. There's a ridiculous amount of stuff in there, but I mean they have great sales. It's but I look at Steam as just a store. I don't look at it as a mm. platform. I just look at it as a like the Walmart of digital video games. I go right. there to find good deals on shit I would probably buy right. somewhere else anyway. And I'll be right. honest, I, I just have Epic because one, I have to have it for Fortnite and I do play Fortnite from time to time and two Man, there's like free games on there sometimes. I'm not going to turn down a free game, but it also doesn't <laughs> give me any incentive to go spend money. It's just a place where I can get a game for free every month, <laughs> which cool. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Sorry, Epic. Like, I, I don't care about anything else you do. Um, but if you keep giving me free games, I'll open the app once a month for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's an it's an odd thing, and it's one of those. It feels like every time we get news on Epic, it's like, huh, that's interesting. Really, don't care about them though. Like, there's no, there's never a horse in that fight. Yeah, whoever they're whoever they're going against, it's like, oh, it's Epic versus Apple. Don't care who wins. Oh, it's uh-huh. Epic versus Steam. Don't care who wins. It's always like the mega corporations where it's like, yeah, whatever. It's it's weird because it's it's they're constantly in some kind of drama, but I don't like them. So it, <laughs> I, I'm indifferent to their plight. Like it's really hard for somebody who is a multi-billionaire or whatever to be complaining in the media about this. Exactly. Treatment. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for you. You could yeah. buy everything I own and not notice it on your bank statement. Get fucked. Yeah. Like I it hate is literally you. outside of my ability to feel any sort of sympathy for people like Tim Sweeney, just because they 
have so much money and will always have. I mean, they're they're fun. He's set for life mm-hmm. and good for him. But I don't really want to hear you complaining about money because you you have way more of it than I probably ever will. To be just, fair, he did not complain about money. He just like ah, he just well, sort of yeah. Oh yeah, no. I'm I'm going back to the the Epic versus Apple thing uh, for Scuff One Hundred Six. Right. Uh, that lawsuit is still ongoing, which is what this story came uh, from. Uh, yes, according to this, the trial is scheduled to take place on May third. So. I'll be curious to see how that goes because I, I certainly am not on you know I don't take corporations sides or anything. I'm not like pulling for Apple to win or anything. But but I do think that that the the case Epic is trying to make in that in that fight is is a bit tenuous and maybe not great. But we'll see. Yep. Yeah, it, it is weird for them to say you know uh, filings in this case so far have revealed that. Epic had this planned all along. Like they knew what they were mm-hmm. doing. They planned mm-hmm. it out and they were like, yeah, we're going to we're going to really stick it to this other corporation because we want more money. Like it just seems like a there's no winner in this case. We're we're all the losers in this case. Oh, yeah. But we're all I, I agree with we're, you, Ash, that it's like... it's the Godzilla and the King Ghidorah and we're just a little people getting crushed. <laughs> yep, yeah. pretty much. I'm I'm I don't understand people and and this is true outside of this situation, but I don't understand people that stand for a company like <laughs> me. Yeah. Neither. I yeah. love They're not your friends. Yeah, I love my video games. I love my PlayStation. I love my Switch. All of them do stupid shit from time oh, yeah. to time. Yeah. There, there is not a single developer out there. I don't think has that has not made a boneheaded move or something kind of anti-consumer or something like that. There's all of them out there just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, regardless of what you think, like companies don't care about you. They care about your money. They're not your friends. You don't have to stick up for them. They're never going to notice you. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like Nintendo has never once flown me to Miyamoto's house and let me have breakfast with him for talking about how much right. I love Mario. Still hasn't yeah. happened. Been doing it for 30 yeah. years. <laughs> so until exactly. I have French toast sticks across from Miyamoto in his own living room, I'm not going to believe that Nintendo loves me. Right. In case you're listening right. to Nintendo, that's the bar. <laughs> that's the not, bar. Not review what, copies, yeah, not what, review copies. So here, what, uh, Adam Davis, what about Toby Fox? You notice you're saying one name in that, right? Yep, not a corporation. That's just right, a Right, not a corporation. Person. Exactly. So, um, But I think with that, we've covered all the major headlines <laughs> from today's news. And, of course, before we sign off, we have to give a special thanks to all of our patrons, big and small, but especially those at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. And in addition, a massive, massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Echo Carol, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotek, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Azran127, Ken Rulay09, Jake Palka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Douglas Chomix, Andrew Medeiros, Oram M, Patrick Harrison, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzy Wigoid, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, 
Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Masterlinks, Sean Davis, Deneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hooby, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Bowling, Hi Mom, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Wheezy Penguin, and Anthony Wilson Jr. Thank you all so, so much for all your support. It really does mean so much to each and every one of us here. Uh, it is warms our hearts. But remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night and good vibes. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Bye.